to the Coaches Impact Podcast. Our mission is to get better OADB. That's right, on a daily basis. The Coaches Impact is the X's and O's of personal and professional growth. We'll talk about character, standards of excellence, core values, mindset, leadership, and many other topics on our way to living a growth mindset. Together, we'll embark on the journey of getting 1% better every day. Get ready to be inspired and gain insights into the power of coaching and the importance of cultivating a growth mindset. Get ready to broaden your impact. Let's go. To the Coaches Impact Podcast. I'm your host, Jay Zeller. This week, we've got part two of a fantastic interview with Mike Ludlow. If you didn't hear part one last week, then pause this episode and go back in and start with impact number 20. You won't want to miss this one. Coach Ludlow is the AD and head football coach for the White Oak Roughnecks. So we're going to skip the introductions this week and dive right back into the interview with Coach Ludlow. So picking up where we left off last week, uh, that was a great transition. You got the job, you came came in, you started kind of really evaluating players, uh, coaches, relationships, just really seeing what you have versus coming in and and really kind of laying down the law, so to speak. So let's let's talk about off season. Let's talk about program building. This will be different based on, you know, what time of year you come in, but just in general terms, you know, as best you can give us the rundown of, of the program building part of, of your job as the head football coach? Yeah, so when I came in here, um, just to, I guess, kind of use this as an example since it's a situation we're currently in, uh, I came in here last year, and it was it was a little late to kind of change every single thing. You know, it was after spring break, and we were already rolling into district track meet and district baseball and softball. and I mean, we just had all the stuff going on, right? Yeah. And so – the way the program was, um, was, was kind of, I guess, splintered is the word I would use. Uh, baseball was kind of going and doing their own thing. And, uh, you know, you had just different groups kind of going their own ways and, and you hardly ever saw all the kids together. And, uh, that, that was about the point where I was like, Oh, we gotta, we gotta get this thing brought back together. You know, we gotta make this one big athletic program and, and, and not a bunch of different programs within an athletic umbrella. Um, so, what we've done here is is we've gone to a universal strength conditioning period. Uh, even during football season, you know, there was – we were coming off the field. We're a morning practice team. We were coming off the field to make sure with first period athletics that we were at the weight room uh, at a certain time so that the entire athletic program, as far as on the boys' side, could lift together. Mm-hmm. And we were lifting, running, doing agility stations, all that stuff together. And we made sure that, you know, with us right now, we made sure we were going to get three days in a week. Um, as far as that type of stuff went. So we were going to get three regardless. Now it changes a little when you go to spring and if you got multi-sport kids and stuff like that, but we still go through our universal conditioning and strength. Um, So the thing that we've gone through right now and transitioning towards what a lot of people would call an off-season program, I would call more of a strength conditioning program because if you're an athlete, you're never out of season. Uh, We, um, what we just got done doing is we moved everyone, everyone that was in the varsity locker room for football, is out um lockers are empty doors locked no one else will be going back in that room until i bet it'll probably be the end of march beginning of april and they have earned their way out of what we'll call the proving ground which is our freshman and jv locker room and they have earned their way out of the proving ground and back into the elite locker room um so we've got them all out of there and there's a, there's a big big things that come along with this what i did with my varsity kids this year that were returning as I told them that when you leave this room, you'd be very intentional about what locker you go into. We had no open lockers. Like some people already doubled. We had no open lockers on the other side. And I told them that when you go over, you take all your stuff and you pick someone who you think can be impactful in this program, not just as a player, but as a leader, as someone that's going to be accountable, as someone's going to make this program better over the next few years, you pick someone over there and you're going to double up with them in their locker. I mean, you're going to share, you're going to share that locker. You're going to be in that locker. It's your job. They're now your responsibility. 
it's your job to be accountable for that person. And uh, you need to pick someone that's not going to be easy, someone that you know may need some help or they're going to push you, they're going to push the team, they're going to make this program better in the long run. So you're going to pick someone, you're going to double up with them over there like that. So those kids took time to think about it, who they were going to go with, and they went over and doubled up. Um, and the reason that we did this, I had one kid automatically, he goes, hey, coach, uh, what are we going to do about the shower situation now? We got a lot more people over here. And I said, well, I guess we better figure it out then, huh? <laughs> and instantly he turned around and started talking to those guys. Hey, what if we do this? What if we do that? You know, I'm trying to figure yeah. it out. But uh, the reason we do, the reason we do that is we want to, we want to provide an earn everything mentality, right? Like we want them to earn everything. So yeah. when we get into off season, we'll go all the way down to the time of you're going to earn your shower, right? At the end of it, we may do some sort of competition to where when we do that competition, you have to, you have to solo up with someone or get on a group if we're doing a group competition. And if you win, you get to go in the shower. If you don't win, you're going to stay out there until you do win. I mean, all the way down to something simple like that, you know? And a lot of that stuff has to do with Cal Berkeley did a research project a long time back and they did it over touch and they did it through the NBA. Have you ever heard this one, Jay? Yeah. About the touch research? Yep. Yeah. So they did that research about it and found that in NBA games, you know, the teams that they, they researched it all year and the teams that had more touches, meaning, fist bumps, high fives, embraces, hugs, whatever it is, the teams that had the most touches ended up with the most wins. Not just the most wins, but they ended up with the most selfless acts in the game. Things like charges taken, successful sets, uh, pick set, assist, the selfless statistics, right? And they ended up high in those categories as well. So teams that are connected, teams that are closer together, teams that have that touch aspect generally do better with it. So that's, that's why we send them over like that. We put them in close quarters. We make them work together. Mm-hmm. And We'll put them in all white tops. Uh, this was a Randy Jackson thing. And um, we, we put them in all white tops and it's a question mark on it. They're in the proving ground locker room and they're going to prove themselves there. So these all white tops, man, we put their name with a Sharpie. We're literally writing with Sharpies, uh, put their name across the top of the shirt on the back. We put all their maxes up underneath it. Uh, we give them multiple opportunities, different things to, to up those maxes, even at the end of some workouts that we do. And we celebrate it on the spot. Like we say, celebrate what you want more of. So if a kid has success in a lift right then and he does something more than his max at the end of a workout, then we're going to get him to go ring a bell and we're going to scratch it out with a Sharpie and we're going to write it and write the new one underneath it. And we're going to keep on going. Um, We're going to put our, we have 200 workouts and 400 workouts. We put those times over the heart. We'll put our flying 10 speeds and our 40 times over the legs. So everything's right there on the shirt. Like there's none of that you know, post a highlight video and act like everything's great. Like what you do is what you do and you better embrace it and grow. The more markouts you have, the more progress you're making. Mm -hmm. And uh, we even go on the shoulders of it and I send an email out to the teachers and we go on the shoulders of it and we have on the right shoulder for doing right, you get attaboys. So if a teacher is sending you an email saying so-and-so has done really well today, so-and-so helped me clean my room up. A janitor says so-and-so stayed and helped me clean up this mess. A cafeteria worker says so-and-so was picking up tables. Uh, we celebrate that with the entire group. And we every time we get those, we announce it, celebrate it, and we mark an attaboy on their shoulder, like tally marks on the right shoulder. And in the same sense, if we get in the, if we get a bad email, we're marking birds. It's basically like you flipping the bird to the team, flipping the bird to the school, the community, the teacher. Um, we mark those birds on the left shoulder. And if you're not if you're not doing more than double of your attaboys, then it doesn't matter if you're the biggest, fastest, strongest one in every competition, you're not gonna earn your way out of the proven ground. Hmm. So you're getting those marks on your shoulder as you go and you get put through the gauntlet, whether, uh, and once you get nominated and put out there, you get put through the gauntlet and you have to win. You may get put in the gauntlet and nominated in eight times at the end of this thing. And if you lose every time, you're not getting out of the proving ground yet because it's earned everything. Yeah. You know, we'll go through boot camp. We'll have what we call, we'll have what we call get to workouts and all of this stuff that we do. Like these kids are fighting to try to be in locker one, two, three, or four, um, at the end of this thing. Because if you can get in locker one, two, three, and four, then that means you've earned your way into a leadership council position. So they're, they're fighting to try to be in that one, two, three, or four locker, and it gives them something they're trying to earn all year long. And it connects the school, the teachers, all them with you, and they have a say in it. And Man, it's like even at Robinson, when they earned their way out, they got out of that gauntlet and they won. Yeah. They basically ripped that white T-shirt off of them and threw, threw a compression on them right then. Yeah, so I, I've seen this in in two different districts now, kind of full bore what what Mike's talking about. And if it's if it intrigues you at all, I would tell you to reach out to either him, you know, Eric Luster, Randy would absolutely it would make his day to 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 talk, you know, shop with you. <laughs> uh, 
it, but they, they did it. Right. They did it well. So, so definitely go and talk to them. Go visit and and see how it works. Uh, it, it's it's next level. Heck yeah. What I was thinking about when you were talking to me about you know your situation, you know you move move kids out of the varsity locker room and then they got to double up. The the first thing that went through my head is and that you know this this military background, but man, that's your battle buddy, and you know what yeah. what y'all are going through is so similar to you know basic training and and basic training is about getting everybody that's you know comes from all walks of life all backgrounds you know it doesn't matter what your situation is you're all now having to come together for for on and, and basically be one and, and there's d certainly a whole lot more to that, but but that that's essentially what y'all are doing. So that when you do hit the ground running, uh, and you and you bring football into the mix, it just changes the dynamic completely because you've gone through this thing uh, together, and you know that the guys to your right and your left and, and front and behind you have gone through it too, and that they you know what they've done to then be able to put on that that practice jersey or that game uniform. And so I, I just thought of the, the yep. you know, battle buddy. And I know y'all use a white shirt, but I'm just in my head, I'm thinking, man, how cool would it be to, you know, wear, wear like army green or, or the sand, you know, brown and really go, really go full on boot camp. It doesn't have to even have the, the question mark. If you're not a fan of the question mark, whatever, it, it's, it's one symbol on there. Uh, but you could, you could run the, the system the same with or without it. So anyway, that's where my head went. Yeah, well, because we I'm, I'm like, I, I love it. We had different color shirts at Robinson once we went into boot camp. Um, like they got, we separated them into battalions and they had battalion leaders and yeah. they had to have, you know, they had to name their battalion. They had to have leaders that came up with items of the day that they brought. Um, they had chants that everywhere they went, they had to have the chant <laughs> going when they were moving from one thing to the next. And yeah. when I got out, when we were doing something on the field, they couldn't step on any green. They had to be on a line everywhere they went on the field. So they were going like out of their way sometimes to make sure they got down the path. It had to be on a line or a hash. So, I mean, it was, you know, just getting kids to start following kids. Cause I'm, I'm a firm believer that, um, I'm a firm believer that things get really, really good. Not just when you got kids that want to win, but when you got kids that more so than winning, they're more worried about making sure that they don't let the man next to them down. Yeah. And when that starts mm -hmm. happening, man, you start getting something special cause they're going to fight a little bit harder. They're going to fight a little bit harder when that becomes the case. Yeah. Yeah. So what would you say for, for your off season boot camp? what are some challenges to, to getting one of the, one of those things started? Like if, if, if this, if a listener out there is so intrigued that they want to start this thing when they come back from Christmas break, what's a challenge for them? Um, honestly, just the organization of it all, because, you got to be very particular, you know, like we, we draft our, our battalions and put them in certain areas. And then we'll, we'll have those battalion drafts where they bring kids in because if you just throw a kid on a team, like, man, they are, it's like, well, you gave them to me. I can't believe I'm, mean, you know, they're tough to deal with. And you're like, no, you picked them. Yeah. I mean, in this case, you know, like you drafted, you knew what you were doing. So they having the draft and making sure it's organized to the point where you have people in those positions that, that will accept the responsibility, but also the mistakes, like, when I tell you intentional, like if a team has, if a team has 300 mistakes, they're probably going to win the day, right? Like they're probably going to be the least mistake team. Mm -hmm. So you have to have the ability to chart, to understand what's going on with the chart to, um, I mean, it's just the organization of it all. So what I would say is if you really want to do that, you need to, you need to talk to someone who's done it, or you need to sit down with, uh, you need to sit down with your guys and find out what's really important to you and what you're trying to really accomplish in it. Because for ours, it's straight up mental warfare. I mean, it's, it's way harder mentally than it is physically. Right. And, um, I, I think you got to figure out what's important to you and you've got to really make sure that you're, you are so detail oriented in everything you do in that piece to make sure that you have, you get what you really need to do to make your team better out of it. Yeah. I think one of the challenges to that and to, to your point, but to, to kind of extend it so that people understand is, you know, you, you said, you know, you got to be detail oriented. It, it, it is the commitment to mistakes and, and not overlooking yeah. this or that it, it is a total commitment from really from, I would say the coaching standpoint as well, 
to make that system work and to hold people accountable and to do the things that you want to to do or to accomplish the things that you want to accomplish, like as a coaching staff, you're going to have to be all in on you know, the mistakes and, and making sure that you're marking and, and that you're doing then the, the affirmations and the positives from the teachers and the right sleeve and the left sleeve and all, all the stuff to it. It's not just, Hey, we're going to put on our, our coaching gear and we're going to go out to athletics and, and we're going to run boot camp. And no, 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 it's not at all. It, it is a total commitment and I'm probably not doing it justice, but I just want to, I, I wanted to, to say that word cause it is a commitment you're doing it as oh, much as you're asking of the kids, you're asking as much or more of yourself because it, for it to work the way that you want it to work, they have to see your investment as well. Otherwise it's just another thing that's going to go away so in we'll, three or four weeks. We'll assign a coach to be like the, even though we have to run stations, we'll assign a coach to be like a team captain of a battalion. And if that coach screws up, if he's not right where he's supposed to be, when he's supposed to be there, he's going to get his battalion a mistake. Mm-hmm. And those coaches have to be committed to making sure that they're in the right place at the right time as well and, and, and doing what they're supposed to. I mean, because we're going to nail things all the way down to, you know, mistake, palms up, little Johnny. Mistake, smacked his lips, Timmy. You know yeah. I mean? It's going to be all the way down to the body language body language and reaction of it, not just that they messed up on a drill or, yep. you know, not just that they're, you know, they, they stopped on something. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be all the way down. When I say like 300 mistakes in a day, like you're probably doing well. And we make it a big deal. Like at the end of the week, we tally it. We tally it every day and keep a running total during the week. And they see it every day posted, like their battalion name, whatever they name themselves, and 573 mistakes on Monday. And then their battalion, the next battalion name, or whatever it is. And at the end of the week, whichever team, whichever battalion wins, at the end of the week, we feed them on Friday. Like we'll cook for them or we'll bring food in, but we feed them at the end of the week. Mm. And I mean, that's that's one of those things. We want to make it a big deal. We want to make it to where, you know, you're you understand that a mistake's not the end of the world, but it's also correctable in every sense of the word. Yeah. And that it's not something that's it's not something that's going to define you unless you allow it to. Yeah. So I, I think another challenge, although it's not a challenge, but I want to, I do want to talk about it. So you you mentioned the question mark shirt. So, you know, you might think that, well, in order to do this, I've got to buy, you know, 150 or, or 200 question mark shirts. What would you say to that if somebody wanted to start, but that might be a challenge for them? Well, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even worry about the question mark. There you go. I would, I would <laughs> just get a blank shirt and call it a blank sweat, a blank slate shirt. Right. Yeah. Like even if you were an all state wide receiver this year, that doesn't mean you're going to be an all-state wide receiver next year. Prove your prove your worth. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a blank slate start every year. That kid that was third string, it's blank slate. He's wearing the same shirt, and he's doing the same thing as everybody else. Like, you don't have to put anything on it. And if you don't have the money to go out and get a bunch of stuff right now, I would just find, I would just find whatever I have that is – I mean, you can get cotton shirts now, like a solid white cotton shirt for, you know, five bucks from a lot of places. Mm-hmm. And – you can you can go in there and simple enough like if you can't do that use some old clothes you have that you're willing to mark on or they're just been kept there for a long time but put them in put them in something where they're all in the same thing yeah and you want it to be as unified as you can possibly make it is what i'd say so if you can't do that get creative just just whatever you need to use but we do it all the way down to our youth camps jay so like we did our youth camps this year and we got white t-shirts and put the youth camp logo on front of it um, but, uh, but on the back of it, we wrote, we put the kids' names on there and we did their pump, pass and kick. We did their, whatever testing we did. We, you know, with the little kids, we wrote on the back of it. So they got used to knowing that it was going to be out there. Yeah. Well, and that's why I wanted you to talk about just the, some of the differences. Cause not every program is going to be able to just go out and, and, and buy 150, 200 shirts, um, that, that are just for a few months for sure. So uh, some can, mm-hmm. but but that's not an option for some. I would say, you know, you can even get, you know, I don't know what they come in now, but say a six pack of, I don't know, Hanes or Fruity Loom white, you know, men's undershirt. Uh, it, it could even be that simple. Uh-huh. Um, so or, or have every kid just that, bring a exactly bring a white shirt. So it, it is very very doable. That's, don't let the budget piece of it 
um, throw you off with the question mark shirt because it, it, it works just the exact same without the big question mark on the front. And heck, if you just want the question mark, yep. have every kid draw their own question mark with a Sharpie. <laughs> so That's right. Because next to their name on the back, we usually put some little picture or something that, you know, something funny to go along with it. Maybe yeah. a nickname, something like that. Yeah. Okay. Let's, uh, anything else on, you know, boot camp or off season before we shift gears? Uh, no, I think we kind of hit it back there and everything yeah. else. It was kind of fast and put together, but I think we kind of hit where it goes to, you know? Yeah. I, I will tell everybody I've seen it, it, this version of it in two different districts. Um, you know, it, it's right up my alley. Um, if you're interested, I would definitely reach out to people that are doing it there. They'll, everybody that I mentioned, Randy, you know, Mike, uh, and Eric, they'll all be more than happy to talk to you and heck, you know, you know, Mike and Eric are both still in the game and will be running this, if not already, uh, very soon. Uh, so you could actually be able to see it in person and, and visit them if you had that opportunity. So uh, reach out to those guys and, and they'll. So if you have anyone that reaches. Go ahead. As I say, if you have anyone that reaches out, you're more than welcome to give them my number too. Gotcha. Um, yeah. You know how I am. I'm not very secretive about it. Yeah. Will do. Okay. So let's let's switch gears to core values because I know that this is. Uh, you know, just another piece to to building the program. Um, so do, do you mind talking with us about uh, your core value process uh, for the Roughnecks? Yeah. So big thing about core values, um, you know, we, we mentioned this in uh, in the first podcast last week, but the, the big thing about core values is uh, you got to remember that, that kids – man, they really hold the keys to the standards in your program. Coaches set the expectation that keys, kids hold the keys to the standards because, you know, what what they allow their teammates to, to be like is what the program is going to instantly become. Mm. So we make sure that it's not just it's not just coach speak that, that's coming out when it comes to core values. Our kids, in the long run, they are actually the ones that establish our core values. So when we look at it, man, we uh, – you know, like right now, we still have our previous years in place because the core value relates to a day of the week because we're not setting we're not setting um, new core values yet. I mean, our program is developed on on uh, four core values right now. And and once we once we get through this process of where we start seeing what's really important to our kids and and we start seeing, you know, like what what direction that things need to head with them, um, then the kids start you'll start naturally hearing some words being used. You'll start naturally finding some things that are important to the kids and you'll start meeting about these things. Like when we have our leadership meetings and stuff like that, uh, eventually it'll probably be, honestly, it'll probably be about March before we start getting into all that. But um, you really want to take time to make sure it's right because core values can, can hurt a program as much as they can help it if you don't have the right ones in place. Mm -hmm. um, so our kids end up voting on the core values in the long run. They nominate a bunch of them and then they vote on their own. So when those get in place, once those get in place, they get set to a day of the week. And that ends up being our acronym for the year. And, uh, you know, it's funny because you come in and you start kind of guiding the vision. I think like we talked about with that first team meeting where you give them the vision, but not the exacts. I think the first year, the core values end up aligning more with your vision. Um, and then and then after that, moving forward, the kids really start getting, you know, that, hey, this is, this is ours, you know. We get to make this what we want it to make. But I had three core values that ended up with kids nominating, kids voting. I had three that ended up being the same this year as they were at Robinson. It was crazy to me. And then I had one that was different. Um, but I'm sure they'll change again next year. But the big thing about it is once you get those core values and you start having, you start having guys earn their way over to the elite locker room and start to develop that leadership council, once you get those core values, they're just words until you put definition to them. So those leadership council guys that move over start helping develop definitions to the core values. And so when you define something, you need to be specific with it, right? It's kind of like it's kind of like having goals. If you have vague goals, you're more likely to venture away from them. If you have specific goals and know what you're aiming for, then you're going to move towards them. And it's the same way with core values. So once our guys end up, uh, they end up defining these core values, it turns into our creed. And so at the beginning of the year, like to, just to set the tone right at the beginning with football, once you develop those core values and you have that, those kids have to get up in front of their team and they have to say, which we also have a hand gesture motion that goes along with it. 
but they have to get up in front of the team and say the core value, say the definition and give the hand motion. And they have to go through every one of those core values. And if they don't, if they don't say the core values, then they're not going to have decals on their helmet first game. If they don't say the core values in the creed in front of their team, they're not going to have the D de- they're not going to have decals that first game. I've had kids have to play a game without decals on their helmet before because they hadn't got up and said the creed yet. Hmm. Um, it's kind of that, that mark of it. And then the core values also, they end up being attached to our leadership council. So each one of our leadership council ends up representing one of those core values. And anytime we have a problem within our program or we have something going on, then I'm going to go to that core value captain, whoever it is that like if, if attack is one of our core values, whoever that attack core value captain is, if we're having a problem with really attacking practice, doing things right, doing things aggressively, I'm going to go to that, I'm going to go to that kid and I'm going to ask him what he thinks we need to do to get this right. And there's going to be a lot of things that come up that the kids start going to the core value captains on ahead of time. And they're starting to take care of stuff before it ever even gets to me. But to represent those core values as well, we make each kid, each kid has to represent one of those core values that that means the most to them. And on the neck plate, on the back of the helmet, they all have one of the core values on there. So, you know, Timmy may represent attack, but Johnny may represent nasty. Hmm. And They've got that core about that that core value across their neck, and if they're in the middle of a game and their core value is is family, and they're over there talking down to a teammate or chewing on it, I'm gonna take their helmet away, and they're not gonna go back in until they get it right. I mean, we're gonna make sure that the core values are the driving factor within our program, and wow. uh, you know, it's 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 got to mean something. You know, it's like the family one this year. It's like I told you what we thought about our locker room. You know, part of our definition in family was our program is a brotherhood, not a neighborhood. Hmm. We, yeah. we want everything to be very intentional and specific because you gravitate towards it when it does, when it is. Yep, man, that's very, very good. We actually had a teacher at Robinson, Jay. We had a teacher at Robinson that learned the creed. Like she learned the whole thing <laughs> and uh, wanted to make sure she got it. So she practiced with the kids in class to make sure she got wow. it. Do you remember we who even that give was? Out, and, and Jay, we even give out every, uh, yeah, golly, I feel awful right now not saying her last name. She won. She won. Um. She won our core value teacher of the week award quite a few times. <laughs> I don't doubt it. If she knew the creed. Golly. Oh, what her daughter worked there too. Daughter worked there. Right. I'll I'll think of it as soon as we get off the podcast. Hmm. I'll think of it as soon as we get off yeah, the podcast. Yeah, I'm, I'm, um, I'm blank yeah, right she, now. Yeah, uh, she. But but yes, yeah, she won our. So every week we give out a core value teacher of the week that our kids vote on. Yeah. And they vote out. They vote on what teacher best represents that core value. Mm. And we hand them a certificate at the pep rally. If we don't have a pep rally that week, we hunt them down and take pictures with them and hand it to them in class. Um, and then we we have our leadership council present that to them. Yeah. And then at the end of the year, we have a core value teacher of the year. Oh man, that's really good. Really good. <laughs> All right. Okay. Switching gears a little bit, you are not just the head football coach, you're also the athletic director for White Oak ISD. So talk about your leadership with the entire athletic department. How do you support all programs, especially during the busy fall football season? Yeah, so I'll be the first one to tell you, coming in and trying to get everything rolling. Um, I, I'm, I'm going, this is one of my goals moving forward is to do a better job with this during football come next year. Because uh, there, there's areas, just to be quite honest with you, I fell short in a little bit this year. And I've already made note of everything and, and, and know what I need to do moving forward. But one of those, some of those things I would say is, um, like this year, I think the biggest thing was getting everyone going on, going on the same page. You know, like I talked about earlier with the universal uh, strength and conditioning and all that stuff. We kind of had to bring everything back together, man. I mean, that was the first step was just, you know, trusting each other and understanding that what we're trying to do is, is not just a win a football game or win a basketball game or win a baseball game or a softball game or a volleyball game. It was to understand that, you know, we're, we've all got the same goal in mind. We're trying to build better people. Um, you know, the, the all blacks um, rugby team from New Zealand is like one of the winningest programs in the, in the history of the world. And their big motto is better people make better all blacks. And I, we truly believe that man. Like, we're going to try to build the best people possible. And in order to do that, we've got to bring everybody back together because mm. that, that chain is, uh, is a lot stronger when it's linked up. Man. So universal strength conditioning there. And we have, we had meetings to start the year. Um, you know, the all coaches meeting, boys coaches meeting, 
uh, head coaches me and stuff like that. We had meetings at the beginning of the year. Uh, I would I would prefer to have head coaches meetings once a month, and I did not. That's why I tell you that's one of the areas I fell short in during football, just scrambling. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to make sure I do a better job with. Um, but the other part I think is just being visible. Like you know, I was trying to get out and show up to everything from pre-athletics to junior high events to community events to whatever it was, just being visible to let the people know that we care about what's going on, you know, outside of just our own little world of athletics. Yeah. Um, was just being visible and helpful. One of the things that I made sure of this year, and this sounds simple and a lot of places already do this, but with here, you know, just so they would understand how much I trust them and that they can trust me and know what's going on. I made, I made envelopes for every single one of my head coaches with all their budgets in it and the area at the bottom to create their ledgers and had their, their budget, their activity budget. So they would know exactly what they had in their accounts. And I don't, they hadn't got that in the past and yeah. just trying to make sure that they knew that they could trust what we were doing with everything. And, uh, just, man, you need to genuinely, if this sounds so simple too, but you need to genuinely support your people and let them know that you appreciate them. That looks different for everybody. Right. But you just need to make sure people know you appreciate them and that you've got their back, you know. I think that's that's goes a lot farther than you could imagine. Yeah. Yeah, man, that is, you know, kinks in the chain will only serve to really dismantle a program rather than uh, not just stunt the growth, but I, I think it, it can even be more detrimental. So I, I think it's hugely important what you just talked about is trying to get everybody on the same page moving forward. That's important anywhere. Uh, don't get me wrong. Uh, but when you're at a small school, <laughs> it is extremely important. Uh, everybody knows everybody. Yeah. And, and if there's discontent, everybody feels it and everybody knows it. Um, but likewise, when you're all, you know, headed down the same path and you're getting it, like, man, look out because uh, that that's something's happening that's right. there when that happens. And, and honestly, you know, I don't know what your staff, how many you have, but I think in Robinson, what are y'all three, a division one or two? We are probably going to be <laughs> this time around. We're probably going to be the smallest three, a division one team out there. Okay. Okay. So Robinson was a four, a we had, Oh, with cheer. I think we had just under 40 coaches. Uh, total and that's junior high and high school plus cheer so what, what do you have ballpark yeah. of 30 to 40 ish i'm under 30 under 30 so yeah, I'm, I'm closer to 25 yeah, yeah I'm so like, i'm closer to i'm not 25 26 so you know extremely important for everybody to be on the same page you, you just don't have the room for people to not be on board with what you're doing and it, it makes it so so tough to do something great when everybody's not on the same page moving forward. So you really have to be intentional. Uh, but I would tell you even, you know, I'm in a district where I've got, you know, 130 to 135, uh, coaches and you know, it, it, it's no different. Uh, it's just a bigger scale. And so you can kind of, get lost a little bit if you have some people that are that are discontent not really on board depending on where they're positioned how large the voice is (laughs) or what have you like it can kind of get hidden there's no room to hide at at this in the smaller schools just it's just the nature of the community uh and it's it's so small you're all always together so yeah yeah, it's just hugely important. So I, so that's going to kind of transition into the my next question is, you know, we'll kind of go back a week and talk a little bit about interviewing, but but not necessarily the interview, but the hiring season. I, I'm curious yeah. for you. So knowing your position, let's say you have, you know, you know, less than five coaches turnover. How involved are you going to be in the hiring of assistant coaches, non football assistant oh, well, coaches? Honestly, I mean. Yeah, honestly, I, I mean, I'm I'm gonna be I'm gonna be in on it I, because of exactly what you said. It yep. is, it is one of those things to where the the staff is, it, it's such a smaller staff, and there's so much more communication that has to go take place between people on the staff to make sure everything's running smoothly. Yeah, that, you know, I I do I I want people invested and involved, and I need like I told you earlier with players' voice stuff and exit interviews and all that. Like I I need to. 
I need the opinions and the, and the voices of people I trust, you know, um, that are all in this together. So the big thing is though, is I still have to be the one that drives home the vision. Yeah. I still have to be the one that I'm, I'm still going to be the one that has to answer the questions when something comes up within the program. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, I feel like I have to be involved in that process. Now, if there's someone that one of my head coaches feels extremely strong about, and they're going to be one of those first assistant type people, then, you know, yeah, I'm going to try to give some preference to it. And I'm going to try to see if that's going to make it work. But at the end of the day, if I don't feel good about the, the total, uh, the total involvement in the program, then I can't let it happen. Right. And yep. I feel like it has to be one of those where I, I have to be involved in it and, and, and not, not to micromanage. Cause you know me, Jay, I'm not a micromanager at all. Mm -hmm. um, but it's one of those where I have to be involved in it to make sure that the vision is driven home because of what I talked about earlier with everybody being on the same page and, and, and going in the same direction and doing the same things. Um, you know, that's, I've got people I trust in good positions. Yeah. I'll say that I yeah. have people I greatly trust. And, you know, I, I feel like I made some hires coming in last year and uh, I hired, hired my two coordinators, you know, which have big involvement in other programs too. And uh, man, I feel like I hit a home run with a guy named Jonathan Boone. That's my defensive coordinator. And um, a guy named Jason Bird, which you know, Jason Bird. Um, oh yeah. But yeah. a guy named Jason Bird is my offensive coordinator. And those guys, man, the, they're the person, they're the personification of what I was told when I was a coordinator. Like you're one of your job, one of your many jobs and many hats you wear, is to make the athletic director, head coach's football job. I mean, his uh, his job easier. Mm. Like there's got to be th some things that go on within the program that he never even hears about, and those coordinators have to be the ones to kind of head that off, yeah. and take that leadership role in it. And I've got some guys that don't mind doing that. Um, so I felt like I hit a home run there. And on the same aspect, I, I've got a girls coordinator who's my head volleyball coach um, named Morgan High. And she is, for lack of a better term, a freaking rock star. Um, I've got someone over there. It's like we talk and we're, we have the same vision. We have the same mindset. Like she has this intensity and this intentionality that is like laser focused. So I know like when we talk, something is going to get done and it's going to get done quick. And if you have people like that inside those roles, it makes it makes your world a whole lot easier. So I fail that to say when you hire those type of people, you got to hire people that believe in your vision. But man, they also have strengths in areas that you may be a little bit weak in. Yeah, and you got to be a little bit vulnerable to understand what your weaknesses are, understand what your weaknesses are and hire people that are strong in the areas you're weak in so you can have a well-rounded staff. Yeah, man hundred percent on all of that. So go back and listen. What I would add is I am, you, you know, I, in, my role is a little different than yours when we're, we're a larger district and I'm not coaching. So, but it's, it's not so different. I, I could take the mindset and, and I've even said this, uh, but I'm, but I'm about to start backtracking on it. Uh, because so much of what you just said is, is what's been going through my head in the last, you know, few months, couple months, probably specifically. But, you know, it, once you build something great and or, or you're building to that something great, you're, you're making positive gains, uh, you know, on a daily basis. You're, you're you know, you're surrounded by leaders that that are like minded and, and they're getting after it. And you see the trust level starts to change some and, and, and that kind of speaks to that, that delegation or, or the, the extra responsibility or that piece that you're willing to kind of give up because you understand what your weakness might be their strength or, or whatever. And, and so their mm -hmm. input means more because of that trust uh, piece and, and all of the stuff that they're doing behind the scenes. So that say, when you get into an interview and they say, Man, Coach Ludlow, th this person is really going to bring a lot to our program. You're going to listen to that a whole lot more yes. than the the coach who's really not bought in and who who is doing their own thing, or they're they're doing your universal off season uh, group. I, I can't remember what you called it, but but you know what I'm talking about. Where all all they're doing it all because they have to, yeah. not because they're all in. Hundred percent. And and they're you know you know, they might be talking to somebody in the, in the background and they're, and they're not really bringing a lot of positive. 
There's a, you know, in, in, in the old yeah. term, they're a little bit cancerous. You're not going to listen to that person's idea. You're just not because they don't align with your vision. So nope. why would you bring in a, a, a mini me? Uh, let's just be real. So yeah. I, I think no matter how big or small, I, I think the same rule of thumb applies. Now it's going to be extremely difficult for me to sit in on every uh, assistant coach, whether it's junior high or high school, it's going to be extremely difficult, but I will tell you this, you know, I've got, I've got two campus coordinators, uh, that I, I'm, I'm blessed. Uh, you know, Jodell Carey, uh, he's at our six, a program Brazos mm -hmm. Wood, and he, he oversees Brazos Wood Another high school. Star. Yeah. Uh, he oversees Brazos Wood high school and it's two feeders, Lake Jackson and Clute. And, and they have their own coordinator uh, individually, but but uh, Coach Carey then oversees them. And then across town at our 4A school, uh, our first year uh, head football coach and campus coordinator is uh, Richard Sincere. And man, that dude is coming into his own quickly. And uh, we we talked <laughs> a little bit offline about the the positive gains over in Freeport, and it's it's amazing to see. I want to tell you, having two people. Uh, that I can lean on and and trust that we're 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 like minded and and when they say hey, you know they can sit in those for me uh, when I'm unable to make it and and I'm going to listen to them because they've earned that uh, that respect. I know that we're we're all heading in the same direction, but I'm just going to there there will be times where I make myself available to sit in on on interviews uh, because it is that important. You have to build your staff yeah. with people who are who are going to be locked in and get in the trenches with you and not in the opposite trench of you so you know just yep. my crazy you know battle buddy military reference again but I, I i want people alongside me not that i'm you know facing down uh on the, on the other side of the army so yeah i think it's man, man it's good stuff it's so it's so true and i, I actually it's, it relates back i saw a post today and i actually shared it again on facebook but uh a guy posted a coaching acquaintance of mine and um to save the reading of all of it the the basic of it said if you've got to tell someone to help carry the bricks then they're not the one that you need to be building with <laughs> that's and good dude that's that just, good it, it, I, I saw that today and i was like god oh, that's perfect yeah i'm gonna go find that okay man we talked a lot about interviewing last week so I, i'm not necessarily gonna want you to dive full in but as we kind of come to a close the last real question I have for you is that, of course, this is kind of really and truly, this is the the hiring season for head football coaches. And I say hiring season, but that kind of starts, you know, Thanksgiving break-ish and really could run all the way into, you'd hate to say it, but it could run all the way into June. But these next two yeah. to three months are, are probably really the prime season and what, what really gets the wheels spinning uh, for for this coaching carousel that, that we're about to experience. And, and hopefully it's not big, but, you know, it, it kind of gets exciting uh, seeing all the, the change, whether it's mm -hmm. new, new schools popping open and, you know, one hire is going to impact another. So I, I would say, you know, I'm going to ask you this question. So with that in mind that we're entering, you know, the head football coach hiring season, but kind of relating back to that last question about, you know, where we talked about, you know, everybody being all in and, and making sure that we're intentional with our hiring, really thinking about the spring hiring for outgoing, say, basketball, volleyball, soccer, track, all, all the other sports as well. Um, what are some pieces of advice that you might give to coaches who are either just beginning their head football careers or maybe seeking uh, a change in jobs, uh, moving to a new school to, to take up coaching somewhere else? grass isn't always greener on the other side mm. um i know it's a very general statement <laughs> but and it's I know important it's very, i mean you, you've heard it forever but it's uh, you never know until you step into that other grass yeah right and once you know someone that has you need to you need to be able to lean on them and that's why mentors in our pro in our uh, profession are so important man people you can reach out to and talk to and visit with um just because something looks great doesn't always mean it is. So do your homework and understand that you don't need to force a situation, 
right? The the best place to be is always where your feet are, because that's the only the, that's the only place that you can make a difference at at that current time. You know, don't don't take yourself into something that you're not already a part of. Um, be everything that you can be for what you're already at, and, and just be where your feet are, man. Um, and, and if something's supposed to happen, it's gonna happen. You're gonna put the work in. You've done the job. I, I feel like the better if someone like here here at white oak even as the athletic director and head football coach if they told me that man look all our maintenance guys are tied up in and this has to be done right now like i'm gonna be the best thing maintenance man i can be at that point right Hmm. i mean you just got to do everything you can be to to try to take care of the people around you and take care of the ones there and if you will if you'll do it for the right reasons and take care of the people around you good things are going to happen for you whether it's what you think they're supposed to be or not right so i would say just going back to the going back to when you when we talked about applying for certain jobs or looking at them yeah intrigue or familiarity is going to guide you towards something is going to give you the reason to apply for something but don't lose track of what you got going on while you're in the process of that because you've heard it a million times there's only two types of coaches in our profession there's those who those who have been fired or those who are going to be fired right <laughs> and it's gonna happen like at some point or another if you're a head coach it's going it's gonna happen or something doesn't work out for you or someone's not happy with you yeah. so be the best you can be with where you're at and if you do those things and you set those wheels in motion good things are gonna happen for you yeah yeah man that's that's really good i almost think that i don't want to ask you the last thing because i i feel like it's going to cross over but i'm going to ask it anyway just in case you have a different nugget of advice and then we just we continue okay. to stack good nuggets to it, but um, if you don't <laughs> mind, uh, as we close this thing out, will you leave us with your favorite quote for the Coach's Impact Bulletin Board? <laughs> yes. Okay. So this is one. You may have gotten this one before. I don't know. But it's a Bruce Lee quote. Bruce Lee said, I don't fear the man who practices 10,000 kicks one time. I fear the man that practices one kick 10,000 times. Mm. And the reason I love that is because it just talks to you about being consistent and being, being intentional, you know, don't be okay at a lot of stuff just to say that you've done it. Like be great at the things you can be great at and don't ever try to be the smartest guy in the room. Mm. You know? So I, I love that quote by Bruce Lee. Yeah, man, that's good stuff. And a good way to bring this thing to a close. And, and we're going to have to, we're, we're going to have to do, well, we're on part two now, so we're going to have to do a part three, uh, maybe this summer where we, we, you know, you've been in for, at that time, it'll be a little bit more than a year, but you've got a full school year under your belt. And I'd be intrigued to, to see what Coach Ludlow has in store for the 24, 25 uh, Roughnecks and uh, just kind of see how things are going. I think it'll be, uh, a, a great episode for the listeners and, and to see kind of the progress there and how things are going with you and, and the Roughnecks. So I, I'm intrigued about a lot of things. And again, um, if anything interested you, whether it was the interview process uh, or the off season and core values and stuff, I will tell you, Mike's a great resource for, for any and all of those. Um, if you're interested in the off season, clearly, uh, Ludlow is, is, has that down and it, it, it is really good. Uh, I will tell you the Eric Luster at North Forney, uh, <laughs> is, is pretty much the same. So it depends on really what you're close to, but two different size schools doing Mike, is it fair to say the same thing? M- maybe with a tweak here and there? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you got some dynamic tweaks just out of pure, you know, kids playing on multiple sports yeah. and having not a lot of kids that just specialize and stuff like that. But yeah, the, the just of it is the same. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And then if you just want to talk to a guy who just needs somebody to talk to, then Randy Jackson's always available and will get fired. <laughs> up to talk to you now that he's retired. Oh uh, man, Mike, we're actually bringing You're Randy talking about down making his day. Oh man. Uh, I, I'm, <laughs> we're bringing Randy d- down uh, to do a, a full coaches PD on January the 3rd. So he is, he's fired up. And uh, as you can imagine, also yeah. speaking of Randy, I, I, you mentioned this in part one and uh, I'd be remiss if I didn't go ahead and give that advertisement, but the, the 2024 elite coaches mastermind is, will be starting in January. 
So if you're interested in that, uh, you can reach out to me, but basically I'm just going to put you in contact with Randy Jackson. So, um, I think it's just randyjackson.com, but you can find him on, um, on Twitter or I've done a podcast with Randy. So go back to that and you can figure it out. But if none of that made sense, just reach out to me and I'll put you in contact with Randy so that you can figure out how to get you and or your entire school on the Elite Coaches Mastermind. It is something you really need to take part in. So as Mike mentioned, it, it's great stuff. So, Yeah, you will not regret being a part of that. Yeah, yeah, man. It, it, it's not statewide. It's, you know, it's, it, it's, it is highly motivated people uh, looking to continue getting better from all over the nation. Um, and it, it, it's, it's really good. It's not specific to football. Um, and I would say there are no X's and O's. Now there might be a, co a collegiate football coach or a, a collegiate softball coach or a, um, just a historically great, um, high school girls basketball coach or whatever, but they're not talking X's and O's. It's, it's all going to be leadership driven, uh, things that are going to make your program better as a whole beyond the X's and O's. So, um, you, you won't get lost in the X's and O's of any one sport. It's, it's for one and all male and female doesn't matter. So, all right, we've given Randy yeah, a plug you, you and he didn't even racers. pay me for it. So it's whatever. That's right. <laughs> So yeah, you, you get a little bit of everything with Randy. So there's plenty to throw out there about him. Definitely. Definitely. So yeah, y'all reach out. Um, love to see you uh, part of that community. It starts, it pretty much goes January to, to May. Um, so it's each spring. So, and it's, it's a weekly uh, zoom meeting uh, with a, with a vault of prior uh, recorded sessions in a quick cut vault. So yeah, it's good stuff. So enough about that. Uh, Randy can come back on and we'll, we'll probably talk separately about that. But anyhow, uh, reach out to Mike. He'd be more than happy to share his thoughts and extend some of the conversation when, on any of this stuff with you. And man, it's been great catching up with you and hearing about the, the Roughnecks and look forward to watching you guys and, and how you turn that place around and, and the good things that you're going to do there for, for the kids and the community. So, well... Cool. Man. I appreciate it, Jay. And uh, as always, man, it's it's fun visiting with you. But uh, I got to thank you for everything you've done for me, too. Just everything from conversations to the advice to everything else, man. So I, yeah. I appreciate you greatly, Jay. No problem, man. Anyhow, man, I kept you longer, way longer than I anticipated. Go. So I'll let you go. Need anything? Give me, give me a shout. <laughs>